Hey everyone, Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. Through the word, have your way. If anybody's lost in the room or anybody lost watching by live stream and don't know you, Lord, I just declare in faith that before this service is over, they're going to come into the kingdom in a mighty way. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Now let's give the Lord the ovation of the day. Come on. Let's give him praise. All right. Y'all be seated. I've got family sitting with us. How many of y'all glad to have the kids in the house? Look at this. My man, Mr. Moses. That's Moses James right there. Come on, give Moses a hand. And look at these babies right here. Just, I'm so excited to have Christmas. And we've got the kids in the room with us today. And we made these little cards for them. And I'm going to kind of tell a story today. Is that all right? Can we act like we're family? Amen. And I want to kind of tell the story of a God that keeps his promises. And we've made these little cards for the kids. And they're like little bingo cards. So when, when they hear about this story, there's going to be symbols, and they'll, they'll make a little bingo card. Isn't that cool? So we're going to have the kids involved. Let's welcome all the kids in the service today. Let's let them know that we're glad to have them. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for a God that keeps his promises. Anybody grateful for our promise-keeping God? I sure am. Yeah, he said amen. Hallelujah. You know, the beauty of it is, is this, that it's so important that if you make a promise, that you keep it, that you become a person of your word. And Christmas reminds us that Jesus keeps his promises. The Bible said in 2 Tim, in 2 Peter, or 2 Peter 3, verse 1, he's talking about the coming of the Lord. In those days, there were many in Peter's time that were beginning to wonder if Jesus ever was going to come again. And so Peter wrote this text, boys and girls, and he said, I write now to you this second epistle, this second letter, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of a reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will arise in the last days, walking according to their own lust. How many of you know that's happening right now? And they're saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. I just want to talk to you a little bit about a God that keeps his promises. Anybody glad for a God who keeps his promises? Come on. Now listen, boys and girls, mom and dad, you know that the Bible is, is split up into two parts. There's the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the Old Testament is all about how Jesus was faithful to the Israelites, how he was faithful to his people. But all throughout the Old Testament, it's also an introduction of the fact that one day a Savior would come to the earth. All through the Old Testament, we see pictures of Jesus. 
Now before Jesus came and died on the cross for us, shed his blood on Calvary, before he came and died on the cross and was buried in a borrowed tomb, come on, how many of you know you only borrow something when you're planning on giving it back? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that Jesus was buried in a borrowed tomb? Now watch this. Before Jesus came, heaven wasn't open to any of us. We couldn't come to God because God was holy and it took the blood of Jesus to give us access to heaven. Is there anybody thankful on Christmas Day for the blood of Jesus Christ? I know that I am. So boys and girls, mom and dad, it was the death of Jesus on that cross that gave us access to heaven. But the beautiful thing about it is this, all through the Old Testament, there's promises that were made that Jesus would come. But before Jesus died on the cross, many people died. And they died, y'all, without the blood. They died without redemption. They died in the Lord, but they didn't have access because of sinful man. And they were sent to a place called Sheol. Sheol was the place or the state of the dead. Now, Jesus himself established this in the time of the New Testament. And Sheol was divided up into compartments. There was the place for the unrighteous dead, and that was a place of turmoil. But there was also a place called paradise. And paradise is where the people that died in the Lord, who trusted Jehovah, that's just where they went. And paradise is a, a word that means park or enclosed gardens. It was the place of the righteous. Now, I just think of stuff, and I think about it like a story. And I think the first one that would have arrived in this park, this place called Paradise, was a man named Abel. His brother Cain had killed him. And, and, and Paradise was a beautiful place. It was a wonderful place, I believe. It must have been. But though it was beautiful, it was like a park. No, it was wonderful. It was still prison. It was prison because boys and girls, mom and dad, people were separated from God. And I'm going to tell you, in reality, what's going to make hell, hell, I don't believe it's going to be the flames. That's going to be bad. It's not going to be the turmoil. That's going to be bad. But the thing that will make hell really hell it's the fact that for eternity, people are separated from God. But aren't you glad today that you have been brought near, the Bible says, because of Jesus? Is there anybody thankful today for Jesus? Now, Abel arrives, honey, in paradise. And I kind of see it like a story, boys and girls. And he looks and he realizes Man, this place is beautiful, but all that glitters isn't gold. He's separated from God. Even though there may have been rolling hills and magnificent crystal clear springs, even though it may have been unbelievable, it still was separation from God. And he knew, he knew in his heart that he needed a liberator. He needed someone to set us free. Now, the next one to have come, I think, 
would have been Adam. Could you imagine when Adam came in? Man, it must have been family reunion. I don't know about you, but I love my family, and I really miss my, my, my old family, my granny. My granny, man, when you came in to see my granny, she gave you that no-teeth sugar like nobody else. Come on. She had false teeth, and she hardly ever wore them. My granny could eat an apple without her teeth in. It was amazing. But she would kiss you and be so happy to see you. I'm going to tell you. This is my first year, first Christmas, that all of my family is in heaven. My sister passed, my dad passed, and my mom passed. But I'm glad that I have an assurance that I'm going to see them again. Hallelujah. And you talk about a family reunion. Is anybody looking forward to family reunion when you get to heaven? I know that I am. Well, I can see, I kind of see it like a story, boys and girls. I can see uh, Adam coming in and Abel running up to Adam and saying, Hey, Dad, isn't this beautiful? Isn't it nice? And, and I, maybe Adam said, Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that place that your mom and I were at, you know, in Eden before your mama ate us out of house and home. Come on, somebody. <laughs> he said, But, Dad, it's prison. Do you know anybody that could get us out of here? And here is the first promise of the Messiah. Genesis 3.15, and I will put enmity, friction, problem between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Now, this is talking to Satan, to that, to that serpent who deceived Eve in the garden. It said, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That's the promise that son, Adam said, one day there's coming someone that's going to bruise the head of that serpent, that's going to bruise the head of that wicked one. And I believe when he comes, he's going to get us out of here. Hallelujah. And we'll get to go to heaven. Well, time rolled on, and if you understand biblical history, the next one that would have walked into paradise, Moses, it would have been a man named Job. Now, I can see Adam and Abel running up to Job and showing him around and saying, isn't this beautiful? And he said, yeah, it's nice, but listen, Job, it's prison. We're separated from God. Do you know anything about the seed of the woman? Do you know anything about anybody that can get us out of here? And, 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 and I can see Job saying, you know, I think about my time on earth. He said, I had it all. I had houses and lands. I had all the money I wanted, I, I had Mercedes mules and Cadillac camels and Lexus llamas. Come on, somebody. But in a moment, I lost it all. He said, my friends ridiculed me. And come on, on top of all that, I had a nagging wife, but not me. Praise the Lord. My wife told me to curse God and die. And I felt like giving up. But one day, Jehovah spoke to me. And he spoke it so loud in my spirit that I wrote it down in my book in the 19th chapter. In the 25th and 26th verses, I wrote these words. For I know that my Redeemer lives. 
And he shall stand in the latter day of the earth, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. He said, I don't know when he's coming, but I've not been abandoned. I've not been forsaken. There's a redeemer coming, and one day I'm going to see him. Does anybody believe that you've not been abandoned? And you've not been forsaken. Boys and girls, Jesus is coming again. Just like he came to Job. He's going to come to us. Then there was a man named Abraham. Abraham ran up to him, boys and girls, and showed him around. And, and, they, and they said, Abraham, do you know anything about Job's Redeemer, the seed of the woman? And I can see Abraham kind of reflecting his own stories and said, boys, Sarah and I, had not had a child and we were old, <laughs> like real old. But God made me a promise. Boys, I want to tell you, he keeps his promises. See, he said to me that in blessing, I will bless you. And in multiplying, I will multiply your seed. And your descendants shall be as the stars of the heavens and as the sand of the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of his enemies. He said, boys, God's not going to forsake me. He said, God's going to come for me. He said, I saw a gate when I came through this place. And I believe one day he'll take authority over these gates. And that's why the Bible said, boys and girls, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church because Jesus came. The next one to have come in, I believe that would have been significant, would have been Isaac. That's Abraham's son. They came up to Isaac and said, do you know anything about Abraham's seed, Job's redeemer, the seed of the woman? He said, Dad, let me finish the story, Abraham, that you started. Remember the sacrifice on Mount Moriah? Remember when we went up Mount Moriah and I know you had the fire and I knew you had the wood, but you had no lamb. And I knew something was up. And he said, Dad, I believe that you were speaking prophetically when you said the Lord himself shall provide a lamb. That I believe he's coming. And I believe he's going to be a lamb that's going to take away our sins. Then the next one, boys and girls, that would have come in would have been an old shaggy-haired prophet. A prophet named Isaiah. 2,000 years had passed and they'd been in that park. They'd been in paradise. They came to him and said, do you know anything about Isaac's lamb, Abraham's seed, Job's redeemer, the seed of the woman? And Isaiah said, I was a prophet on earth and the Lord spoke to me and I was writing in my book and I wrote it down. And it says in Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord shall give you a son. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. How many of you are glad that Emmanuel came to the earth? Oh, the Bible said in the sixth verse, boys and girls, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall rest upon his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and of the increase of his government and rule, there shall be no end. And we celebrate Christmas Remembering what Isaiah said, because God keeps his promises. But he said, boys, I saw a more vivid picture of him. And I think this is why he came. He said, I recorded it in the 53rd chapter of my book. 
for he was wounded for our transgressions. Anybody grateful? He was bruised for our iniquity. Anybody thankful? The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Does anybody believe it? And with his stripes, we are healed. If you believe that, come on and give God a praise in this room. He said he came wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. He said, I saw him setting the captives free, and I've got a feeling that whoever he sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Now, another came in, an old prophet named Hosea. They said, Hosea, do you know Anything about Isaiah's Prince of Peace, Isaac's Ram, Job's Redeemer, Abraham's seed, the seed of the woman. And Hosea said, I recorded this. God spoke to me and it said, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. He said, God spoke to me and said he would call him out of Egypt. But then Micah comes in right on the heels of that. And they said, do you know anything about Isaiah's Prince of Peace, Isaac's Ram, Abraham's seed, Job's Redeemer? the seed of the woman and Micah said but I recorded in my book Hosea that, that I, but you Bethlehem Ephrata though you are little among the thousands of Judah yet out of you shall come forth to me the one who is to be ruler of Israel who and there's a promise that I saw him coming out of Bethlehem thousands of years had passed 4,000 years before the next one came. Into paradise walks an old man with a glow on his face. And it had been 4,000 years. And he said, Micah and Hosea, you were both right because he was born in Bethlehem. But then God called him to Egypt to protect him. So he came out of Bethlehem and out of Egypt. They walked up to Simeon and said, Simeon, do you know anything about Isaiah's Prince of Peace? Isaac's lamb, Abraham's seed, Job's redeemer, the seed of the woman. Simeon, are you a priest? You look important. Simeon said, I wasn't the star of the show or anything like that, but I served God. And he said, I prayed, Lord, don't let your servant depart. Until I've seen the glory of Israel. He said, and one day I was in the temple. And a man named Joseph and a lady named Mary walked in the temple carrying a baby. God spoke to me <laughs> to go up to that couple. And I tapped that lady on the shoulder. And I said, ma'am, may I hold your baby? He said, I got that baby in my arms and I looked at him and that baby was every pound Messiah and he was every inch Lord. Hallelujah. He's been born. He's alive. God kept his promises. They said, you mean he's been born? Could you imagine Abel dancing? Could you imagine Adam running around? Could you imagine David saying hallelujah? Could you imagine all those that were in paradise, how excited they got? Oh, I wish there was somebody here today that would get excited about Jesus coming. I wish there was somebody here today that could give him praise that he keeps his promises.
He said, when I saw him there in paradise, I said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. He said, I've seen the Messiah. Now the next one to come in would have been a man clothed in camel's hair. Locusts and honey in his beard. He looked rough, but you'd look rough too if you was carrying your head under your arm. Come on, somebody. It was John the Baptist. He said, do you know anything about Simeon's Messiah, Isaiah's Prince of Peace, Isaac's Lamb, Abraham's Seed, Job's Redeemer, the Seed of the Woman? John said, do I know him? Do I know him? He's my cousin. <laughs> He's my countryman. We had family reunion together. Do I know him? When my mom Elizabeth came into the room where he was, I leapt in my mom's womb and was filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen, he's healing the sick now. He's raising the dead now. He's setting people free now. I baptized him. I saw the dove descend. He's delivering people now. I, I wonder, I'm about to preach. I wonder if anybody here today believes that he's healing now. He's saving now. He's delivering now. Come on. Give him praise if you believe he's doing it here at Christmas time. He said, but I had a real understanding of who he was when I baptized him. When he came up, I saw him and I said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole earth. Can you imagine? They realize in paradise, he's alive now. And the next one to have come in would have been a man named Lazarus. Can you imagine, boys and girls? Lazarus walked in and they said, do you know anything about John's cousin? John's Lamb of God, can you tell us about Simeon's Messiah, Isaiah's Prince of Peace, Isaac's Lamb, Abraham's seed, Job's Redeemer, the seed of the woman? I can see Lazarus saying, do I know him? He came over my house to eat. Do I know him? I hung out with him. Do I know him? I saw him heal the sick, raise the dead, discharge the debtor, and set the captive free. I saw him make a way out. Do I know him? I wonder if there's anybody here today, you know him. You know him to be faithful. You know him to be good. Come on and give him praise if you know him. Oh, I said give him praise if you love him. How about that? Watch, y'all. I can see Lazarus saying, man, I loved him. I can hear him preaching right now. I can see him working right now. I'll never forget him. But what I loved most was how he called my name. I loved to hear him call my name, Lazarus. When he called my name, I felt victory. When he called my name, I felt joy. Come on. The Bible said, boys and girls, I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. He said, I loved how he called my name. He said, I can almost hear it now, Lazarus. I can almost hear him calling my name right now, Lazarus. In fact, I, 
Lazarus. He said, do y'all hear that, boys? Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And one minute he's in paradise, and the next minute he's back in the grave, hopping out with victory. I'm trying to tell you, God keeps his promises. Oh, if you believe it, give him praise right now. Boys and girls, I'm trying to tell you that if Jesus makes a promise, can't always trust everybody, but you can trust Jesus. The last one to come in there, think about this, would have been the thief on the cross. Can you imagine? They ran up to him now. They know that, he's, that Jesus must be close, so they ran to the thief on the cross, and they said, hey, listen, you, 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 you don't look like you deserve to be here. But you're here. How many of you can say, Apostle, maybe I don't deserve to be here, but I'm here. Hallelujah. Come on, make a little bit of noise if he's been better to you than you deserve. Can you see them, boys and girls? They're in paradise, mom and dad. They come up to him and say, do you know anything about John's lamb, Simeon's Messiah, Isaiah's prince of peace, Abraham's seed? Job's Redeemer, the seed, of the, the, the seed of the woman, all those promises that were made in the Old Testament. Do you know anything about it? The thief looked at him and said, do I know him? Do I know him? I just died beside of him. And I could see him crying and said, oh no. You mean he's dead? You mean he's dead? We were counting on him to come. You mean he's dead? He said, you didn't let me finish, boys. He said to me in Luke 23, 43, he said to me, you don't understand. He said, today, today, he would be with me in paradise. They said, wait a minute. Abraham said he's coming today. Abel said he's coming today. Job said he's coming today. Don't you know that David danced? Don't you know that Isaiah leapt? Don't you know that Jeremiah rejoiced? I wish there were some people in the room today that believed he could come back today. I wish there were some people that believed he could split the skies and come back today. Oh, he could come today. He could come in a moment. The trumpet could sound now. Oh, don't you know revival broke out? Don't you know that camp meeting broke out? I want everybody that believes that Jesus that was born 2,000 years ago could come back today. Give him praise if you believe it. Boys and girls, mom and dad, everybody stand. What I want you to know is this. Look at him, hand him here. I put him to sleep. But I hope I kept you awake. Come on. Look at this fellow right here. Look at that. Isn't it something to think? Oh my. Oh, that's some good sugar. Mmm, that's the best stuff I had all day. Hey, brother, he's smiling at me. Hey, brother, hey, brother. Yes, yes. 
Give his little, oh, glory, wipe it off. Can you believe that 2,000 years ago, Jesus came just like this, Emmanuel. You know why? Because God keeps his promises. For unto us a child is born. Hey, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Maybe you're in the room today or you're watching by live stream. You've been disappointed by people. Maybe people made you promises and didn't keep them. But I've got good news for you. Christmas time is proof that God keeps his promises. If you believe that, give the Lord a praise right now. Come on, G-Mama. All of our staff, we are their G-Mamas and G-Daddies. That's what they call us. You want to hold this? Hold that guy right there. Oh, he's a hunk of burning love. I'm going to tell you that. Last night, I'm closing. You know what that means? Nothing. Oh, really, I'm closing. Because I got to go home and eat Christmas dinner. I was thinking about last night when I was trying to go to sleep. I was thinking about how far I was from God when I was 20 years old. And how my grandfather was a great preacher. I'm five generations of preacher. My grandfather held me up when I was a little baby in front of my whole family. My dad, he had 13, 12 brothers and sisters, 13 including him, and 10 of them lived to be grown. When I was born, my granddaddy was very prophetic. This would have been in the 60s. He picked me up and he held me up in front of the family. And he said, if this boy lives, he's going to be a great preacher of the gospel and he'll preach the gospel all over the world. I don't know if I'm a great preacher, but I have preached the gospel all over the world. At 20 years old, I was so far from God. But God made my granddaddy a promise, and he declared it. And here I am today, 58 years later, a testimony that God keeps his promises. People come and go. They let you down. 
they disappoint you, but not Jesus. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And some of you have been trying to work this thing out and figure it out all by yourself, and it's just not working out for you. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to talk to you in these closing moments about a God that keeps his promise. He wants to keep his promise to you today. If you're in this room or watching by live stream and you'd say, Apostle, I'm surely not where I need to be. There's things in my life that keep me from God, that alienate me from the Lord. When you pray, Apostle, pray for me because I've got stuff in my life that ought not be there. If you're not where you need to be with Jesus, I don't want to embarrass you, but you would say at Christmas time, Apostle, remember me. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, if there's things in your life that keep you from the Lord, when I count to three, raise your hand. Pray for me, Apostle. One, I'm not where I need to be. Two, I need Jesus in my life. Three, slip up your hand right now. Hold it up. Hold it up. Hands across the room. I know that people are being dealt with by all the hundreds of people that are watching us and more, even thousands that will tune into this. God's dealing with you. If you raised your hand, hold it up. Come on, keep it up. If you need to slip up your hand, just pray for me, Apostle. Five. I'm going to lend you four more seconds. Remember me, Apostle. Four. Apostle, I'm not where I need to be. Three. I've got things in my life that keep me from the Lord. Two. I want to make it right today. One. If you raised your hand, hold it up. Keep it up. I want to pray for you. In fact, if you raised your hand, I want you to come right here to the front and let me pray with you. I promise you won't come by yourself. If somebody next to you raised their hand, you move back so they can come forward and they can give their lives to Jesus and give their situation to Jesus. Begin to move right now. Come, John, and say, come on and come. My man, my brother. Oh, I wish you would give Jesus a praise. Bless you, darling. Bless you, sir. Bless you, man. Oh, look here on Christmas Sunday. If you need to come, come right now. Everybody else, just slip up your hands and worship. That's it. Come on, darling. We'll wait on you. Take this world and give me. You need to come. Everybody sing, oh, oh, I want Jesus.
Precious blood. Today, I'm giving you the greatest gift that I can give you. Jesus, today, I'm giving you me. Have your way in my life, and I'll never be the same. Everybody move to lay hands on these right now. Will you stretch your hands toward them, everybody? Come on. Hallelujah. Man, I feel Jesus in here. So we bless you guys now who made this Christmas decision for the Lord. We declare that you will never be the same again. We declare the promises of God will manifest in your life because God keeps his promises. Everybody else hold your hands up. On Christmas Day, I declare the blessings of the Lord over you and your family. I declare today that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. I declare today that if you need healing, God keeps his promises. That if you need peace, God keeps his promises. I release over you and your family the joy of the Lord. And if you're thankful today for a God that keeps his promises, give the Lord a mighty Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can visit calvaryfl.com give. 
We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at Calvary FL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.